Uh, I'm excited to get into our third uh, message in this 21 days of prayer. Pastor Amritha preached a great message, amen, last week on our prayer for life is a a powerful life. And uh, we got a great message coming today. And uh, I just want to say, last Wednesday, we hosted for the first time ever in 2018 a Kalos open brainstorming session. We invited the whole church to come over to our house and brainstorm. What is God speaking to you? And Man, the electricity it was just so rich in that room. Ideas, laughter, people really hearing from God during this time of fasting. And we are really confident that the best is yet to come for Kalos Church. That God is doing something really special in Bellevue, amen? That God, God is not forgotten in Bellevue. God is not forgotten in Seattle, but he has a plan for this region. And there's something stirring deep. And those ideas that we brainstorm, some of them, many of them, we're going to be unveiling some of the ideas that we have at our Kalos Unveil next week at 7 p.m. in the Bellevue Youth Theater. So if you want to hear kind of what the future is, our roadmap for the next three to four months at Kalos Church, come to the Unveil. We're going to break the fast together. We got some really unhealthy food in store. It's going to be awesome. We have an extended time of worship where we're going to pray over our future small group leaders. We're going to reveal the different small groups. We're going to I hear there's a rumor that we're going to reveal some Kalos merchandise. And so we can represent, as we say in Minnesota, wear our swag. Uh, I have a Minnesota accent, so don't judge me. Uh, anyways, uh, that unveil is going to be awesome. So please put that on your calendar. It's going to be a really special time of prayer, worship, bonding, casting vision for the future, and what we're creating here together. Amen? So next week, Sunday, 7 o'clock. And so I, I want to give you a tool this morning that I believe will really help you walk into all God wants you to be, a tool that I really, will, I, I really believe will help you overcome some maybe hurdles or obstacles you're dealing with in your life. And I want to read the scripture from 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 to really get us started off this morning. And it says this, Indeed, we live as human beings, but we do not wage war according to human standards. For the weapons of our warfare are not merely human, but they have divine power. Everyone say divine power. Divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. And so we're in this time of prayer and fasting. Prayer is a tool that helps us connect with God. Fasting is a tool that helps us disconnect from the world. And these are some of our divine tools that help us eliminate strongholds because we have divine power. Amen. We don't fight like in our flesh. We don't fight like the weapons of this world, but we fight in a place of prayer. We fight in a place of fasting. And I want to offer another tool this morning to help us overcome strongholds. This word stronghold, actually in the Greek, it's going to, I'm going to butcher how you pronounce this because, uh, you know, even though there's a popular thought out there that I am a Greek man, I am actually not Greek. Uh, I'm Sri Lankan and, uh, the word for stronghold in the Greek is actually ahurama. Everyone say ahurama. Whew, you feel that? That was the power of God. And the word stronghold literally can mean like 
a fortress or a prison or a stronghold. And there are strongholds in our, our brains, in our minds, in our lives. And it feels like we buy into lies all the time. And it kind of traps us into this identity or traps us into believing thoughts about ourselves or traps us into believing lies people have told us. But we have divine power that breaks down strongholds in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so today I want to share a tool that will help us overcome some of these things. And last week, to illustrate what I'm about to preach on and as we dive more into scripture, last week something really happened in America that was pretty interesting. I don't know if you heard this, but on the news I was reading that in Hawaii, everyone in Hawaii, in the state of Hawaii, got a text message actually two Saturdays ago, like uh, eight days ago, a text message saying, um, that they were about to get uh, struck by missiles. Uh, can you put up that picture, Phil? So everyone in the state got this ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Isn't that crazy? So everyone got this, and uh, people started panicking. People started uh, just living in fear. Who heard about this? Who, who, this is news to you for the first time. Awesome. And so people started the lowering their children into sewer grates, opening up manholes. They were hiding in ditch, ditches. They were just in fear. In fact, people um, were having to say goodbye to their family members, and uh, they are sending texts to their loved ones, please pray for me. I don't know if you'll ever see me again, sending pictures of their kids to grandparents who lived in the mainland America, saying, hey, say goodbye to your grandkid because it looks like we're going to be bombed. And uh, while the rest of the country was laughing, uh, these people in Hawaii were really, really living in fear. Actually, can you put up this tweet, Phil? Uh, someone even wrote this. This just broke my heart. My friend in Hawaii got the alert and had to quickly choose between which members of his family he would spend his last moments on earth with because they're all too far apart from each other. He had to make the difficult choice of going immediately to his youngest children. Isn't that crazy? Having to choose between which of your children you're going to see for the last time on this earth? Well, these people, while they're in ditches and in and, and shelters and fearing for their life, uh, 38 minutes later, they all receive a text again from the government saying, uh, false alarm, my bad. Oops. <laughs> Oops. And these people, like, were so mad, and the rest of the country is pretty mad at the government. Like, how did you let us live in fear for almost 40 minutes? How did you let us think that we were going to die for 40 minutes? How did you allow us to live in that state of mind for 40 minutes? And in fact, the, the person responsible, due to a really bad design flaw in their system, he was actually relocated. The guy who hit the wrong button was relocated because he made this very, very painful mistake. And so they, they asked of the government, uh, how, how dare you? Let us live in that state of mind, thinking that we were going to die, letting us stay in fear, letting us stay in a ditch. And uh, it was crazy. And uh, there are lies that can make us live in fear. There are lies that cause us to shrink back, hide out in the dark, hide out and not think that there is a future for us. Hide and not believe that there's any hope for us. And many of us have been told lies our whole lives. And we believe them. And in the same way we've asked of the government, 
How did you allow us to live in this false fear for 40 minutes? This morning, I want to ask us all a question, uh, a kind of a probing question. How do we allow ourselves to live in a mindset that keeps us in a ditch, that keeps us in the dark, that keeps us thinking that there is no future for us, there's no hope for us, that there's nothing good for us? How do we allow ourselves to live in that mindset over and over and over again? Because if we're real with ourselves, there are lies we believe. I remember in college, this was Pradeep in college, so just imagine leather pants and a long mustache. That's what I looked like in college. <laughs> and I, I walked up to this girl and I said, hey, I am not hitting on you, but you're beautiful. It's okay to laugh. It's the awkward vibe in here. <laughs> I walked up to her and I said, I am not hitting on you, but I just wanna let you know, I, I just think you're really beautiful. And she got mad at me. She said, how dare you say that to me? How dare you lie to me? I know I'm ugly. I know I'm not beautiful. Nobody's ever called me beautiful before. Nobody's ever even called me pretty before. So I know that you're lying. And the fact is, she was a beautiful girl. And I, I had a lot of guy friends that were crushing on her. And they were wanting to ask her out on a date. And she was a talk amongst a lot of the guys on her dorm. But she had bought into this lie for so long that she was ugly, I'm no good, nobody could ever see me as pretty, that when she was encountered with a real message, that stronghold, that, that citadel, that fortress, that barrier prevented her from even believing it. And the stronghold got even a little bit stronger. Today, this morning, you know, there are people here, you're going through a dark time, man. I just even feel that as I've been praying for this morning. You've bought into lies about your life. You've bought into this lie that, man, my marriage is going through a hard time right now, and it's never going to get better. My parents got a divorce, my grandparents got a divorce, and there is no hope for my marriage. My, my significant other, they can't change. They can't change. They're never going to adjust. They're never going to be any different. And that citadel gets stronger as we allow those lies to circulate in our mind. That stronghold grows and grows and grows. There are many of us who, who have bought into this lie, I am just always going to be poor. I, I can't hold down a job. Nobody would ever want to hire me. I can't, I can't do anything right. I didn't go to the school I thought I could go to. I've never done well. I'm just going to be poor for the rest of my life. I can't pay rent. Seattle's so expensive. I'm just always going to be desperate. I'm always going to be without. There are many of us who have bought in that line. Maybe you're like that girl. I'm just ugly. I'm no good. I, I'm not worthy of love. I am not enough. Nobody is ever going to love me. I'm never going to find someone to care for me. I'm never going to be someone that cares for another person. And we just, we buy into a lie, and those strongholds get stronger and stronger and stronger. And let's be real. Many of us are just like these people in Hawaii, where we've bought into lies that are circulating around our mind every moment. When something goes wrong, I'm a loser. When something goes wrong, I'm an idiot. When something goes wrong, I'm, I'm just hopeless. Uh, I'm just like my dad. I'm just like my, my mom. I'm just like my grandpa. I'm going to repeat this over and over and over again. And if I could visually see the strongholds in your life, it would be a daunting castle. 
It'd be a daunting prison, and you just feel like trapped. You feel stuck. And I'm so thankful that we have this time of prayer and fasting. And I'm so thankful for the scripture because I want to give you hope today that says, hey, we don't have to fight those strongholds with human weapons, but this morning we have divine power. We have divine hope that says strongholds and those lies, that does not have to be our reality anymore. We can walk in freedom. We can walk in hope. We don't have to buy into the lies that have haunted us and our families and our communities anymore. And there is hope this morning. Amen? And so we don't have to live in lies anymore. And I want to share a scripture that talks about Jesus where he was tempted to believe in some lies that were spoken over him in a time of prayer and fasting, just like we're in here at Kalos Church. And in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, it says this. This is right after Jesus was baptized. And when Jesus was baptized, something amazing happened. God in heaven, God the Father, spoke over Jesus and said, This is my son. This is my son whom I love and whom I'm well pleased with. And so God the Father is speaking so much identity over him. This is my son. I love him. I'm well pleased with him. But then he walks into a desert, and this is what happens. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God... Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus said to him, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away, and angels came and took care of Jesus. Oh, dear Father, I pray that you'd bless this word and we'd be not just hearers, but doers of your word. We pray in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. So we see in the scripture, Jesus is being attacked and tempted. If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, and the devil's trying to get him to act in ways that he doesn't want to act in. And Jesus is fasting. I love how the scriptures say, Jesus did not eat for 40 days and he was hungry. Amen, Bible. Amen. How many of you guys this morning are hungry as you're on this prayer and fasting? How many of you guys are just hungry in general? Because that, that's just life. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and so Jesus is in the desert. The father had just spoken identity over him. This is my son. And now the devil is saying, if you are the son of God. And during this time, Jesus is attacked and attacked and attacked. And every time he's attacked, what does he refute the attack with? He combats it 
with Scripture. He fights with Scripture. Last week, Pastor Amritha talked about how a prayerful life is a powerful life. But today, the title of my message is, We Need to Fight Fake News with Good News. And there are times when we are dealing with fake news, we're dealing with lies, we're dealing with attacks, we're dealing with questioning to our identity. If you are the Son of God, if you are a woman of God, if you actually love God, if you are lovable, if you are beautiful, if you had it what it takes, if you were smart enough, good enough, if you were bright enough, if you, if you, if you, there's just the devil saying, if you, to you all the time. And it's just such an attack. <laughs> See what I did there? It's just an attack on your identity. Oh, we're not swearing at this place. This is a scripture. <laughs> and so the devil is just speaking these lies to you over and over and over again. And that's fake news. But today, I want to challenge us to fight the fake news with the good news. And uh, I just want to share a couple of points, and then I'm going to pray for you that you could walk in this tool of learning how to fight attacks with Scripture, how to stand on the Word of God. And so my, my first thing I want to share with you is this. It's a quote by Erwin Lutzer, and it says this, Temptation is not a sin. It's a call to battle. Temptation is not a sin. It's a call to battle. And many of you, especially as we're in this time of prayer and fasting, you're feeling temptations. You're feeling attacked. And sometimes we feel guilty for even having those thoughts. We feel like, oh, I'm such a bad person because I'm tempted. Well, hey, do not feel too bad about yourself because Jesus being perfect dealt with temptation. Amen. And so if you're struggling, you have desires in your hearts, desires in your body, you're dealing with thoughts. That doesn't make you a bad person. That makes you a person, okay? Even Jesus struggled with temptation, but he was able to overcome it by standing on scripture. I'm going to be real, man. This last week, I was dealing with some crazy temptation. We're on this Daniel fast, so we haven't been eating meats and sweets. We've just been eating like rabbits. And uh, uh, Pastor Amitha here, she's like, hey, you know, we did this first week. Why don't we take the second week to the next level? Let's not, let's, let's not just eat. Let's, uh, let's just do smoothies made out of salads. I'm like, I already don't like salads. Let's take away the joy of chewing. That'll be great. And so we take these salads, and we just blend them. And man, it was just so bad. Oh my gosh. Celery blended, really? And so we're, we're drinking this other day. I just wanted to ravage mode. You know, because it's so bad, you just kind of stop eating in general. And so I was like, oh, I'm so hungry. So I put a salad in a blender. I blend it. I'm like, I put, I don't know, half a bag of flax seed in there. I'm like, I need to feel full. <laughs> oh, flax everywhere. And, and so I'm eating this. I'm just, I'm just hangry. Oh, man, I was so upset. And, and Pastor Amritha, she, she's watching uh, TV shows about about food. She's watching like YouTube shows. And I'm like, why are you torturing yourself? She's like, it helps. I'm like, there's no way that helps. She's like, this is how you make a, a, a wedding cake in a mason jar. I'm like, what? You know those cute little Instagram 60-second videos? Like, it, it's just so crazy. But we were just tempted and struggling on this fast. And we, we were so tempted to even get angry and, and at each other's throats and arguments and just annoyed because we didn't have food. Uh, anybody with me? Can we make this a safe place? vulnerable. Anybody here get hangry with me? And you know, it's not bad to be tempted. This is a part of being human. And Jesus was tempted 
In so many ways, he was tempted with uh, turning this stone into bread, you know, really his, his physical needs. And he was tempted by jumping off this building and kind of this emotional needs, like, will God really protect you? And he was, he was tempted by worshiping the devil and kind of taking a shortcut and saying, hey, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this earth if you only bow down and worship me. And we know God desires us to worship him in spirit and in truth, and the devil saying, worship me. And so it's really a temptation on his, uh, his spirit. And many of us, we have been dealing with all these temptations as we've been fasting, tempted in our body, tempted in our soul, tempted in our spirit. That's because we are, we're a triune being. You know, the scriptures talk about how there's three parts to people. Actually, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, I didn't put this on the screen, but this, it says this, Now, may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. And it talks about this triune nature to our body. Like, our body is really how we're, we're connected to ourselves. Like, we feel those lusts. We feel those hungers. And uh, that's a crazy thing. Our, our soul oftentimes is like our mind, will, and our emotions. Our soul, our emotions really oftentimes connects us to others. And so when we're struggling with body things, that's why when we talked about fasting, we fast body things. If we're struggling with controlling our bodily urges and things like that, uh, a body fast, like going without food, just eating meats and sweets, not eating until 3 o'clock, that's a really good fast. When we're struggling with our mind, will, and emotions, or our connections with other, our soul fast, like, I'm just going to be off of social media for this month. It can be really healthy, or I'm not going to watch the news for this month because it gets me really depressed. A soul fast is really good. And then our spirit, and that's how we want to live as believers in Christ. It's saying our spirit connects with God, and Romans 8 talks about that if you want to study that on your own. But we are a triune being, body, soul, and spirit. And so like a tree has a body, but it doesn't have a mind and a spirit. Sorry if that upsets you. Uh, animals, they have a body and a soul, but I can't find it in scripture that they have a spirit. Do, will dogs spend eternity with us? I'm not sure. Cats, definitely not. Um, <laughs> I'm just going off what the scriptures say. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to have a conversation with you. I just don't find it in the scriptures. And so we as people, being a triune being, we don't want to be um, dominated by anything but the spirit. But one of these three parts of our lives is dominating us. If it's our body dominating us, it's like, I'm going to sleep with whoever I want. I don't care how it affects me emotionally. I don't care how it affects me in my spirit. I'm just listening to my body. For those of us who are dominated by our soul, we uh, just get so caught up in connection with others or emotions. We're like, I I'm going to get into this relationship, the soul relationship, that soul connection with someone, even if it, it causes me to spiral and I, I harm my body or I harm my life. I just have the soul connection when that dominates us or one of these will dominate the other two but we as believers want to be led by the spirit of God inside of us amen we don't want to be led by lies or by our body or by these soulish feelings we want to let be led by our spirit and that's the beauty of fasting that when we fast and we disconnect from the world and we replace it with prayer and feasting on the word we elevate our spirit simultaneously while putting down our body 
body and soul. It's awesome. It's a twofer. That's the beauty of fasting. And so it's not a, a sin to be tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. Jesus was tempted, but it is a call to battle. It's an opportunity to say, Jesus, I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God inside of me. I'm not going to be led by soulish desires. I'm not going to be led by the urges of my body. But Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to worship you in spirit and in truth. And I know we at Kalos Church, we have that desire today. Amen. And if it's your first time in the church environment or you're not used to prayer and fasting and this is really weird, hey, that's totally okay. It's still a little bit weird for me. Okay, and so I just want to encourage you, man, God wants to connect with you. There's a chance for you to connect with God spirit to spirit with your whole being, with every single part of you. And God created you. God created you on purpose, and he longs for that connection with you. So don't be too weirded out if this is going over your head. And because it's all a little bit new for some of us, and there's always something we can all learn from, amen, from the scriptures. And so it's not a sin to be tempted. And when we uh, suppress these other things and elevate the spirit, you'll find that your appetites change. I don't know if you guys have experience this yourself as you're praying and fasting. The word is coming alive to you. Anybody like that here? You're just like, wow, I'm getting revelation. I'm getting insight. It feels like God is speaking to me. It's because these other urges are being suppressed and the spirit of God is being lifted. I can relate to David, or as I called him in the, the, the prayer before service, Dave. Um, Psalm 119, it says this. This is David talking about the scriptures, he says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Everyone say false way. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my mouth path. And as we elevate the spirit, our appetites change, and you'll find that a love for the word will awaken, and it will feel like honey on your lips, and it'll even bring a desire for you to hate every false way. And as we've been talking about these strongholds or even this false message received in Hawaii, there are lies we are believing false way. And the scripture, as we change our appetites and we learn the truth of God's scripture, we learn what God has to say about us, we'll find that we start to hate every false way. I've believed a lie for too long. I've walked in darkness. I've walked in self-deprecation for far too long. And we hate that. And so I want to share with you that we as kingdom people, as the people of God, have the opportunity through God's scripture to fight fake news with good news. In Psalm 119, verse 11, it says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And today, I just want to briefly share with you how to pray scriptures over your life and how to stand on God's word and declare the truth of God's scriptures to battle the lie and attacks you may be tempted to believe. Believe, the truth of God's scripture. And so confessing the word of God, you know, um, in our in our house, we were dealing with temptation and Amritha, Pastor Amritha, she's like, hey, let's take this to the next level. But in the middle of that, that salad smoothie fast, <laughs> this was last week, we just we just got off of it this weekend. We're back on a Daniel fast, which feels very refreshing. She's like, honey, I don't know if I can do it anymore. I'm just gonna eat. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna do it. 
I'm gonna do it. I've been watching these videos too long. It's just, it stirred something up. It stirred up in me, God. I want, I want it. I hate this. <laughs> and I'm just like, no. Pastor Amitha, you know what? I'm not even worried. You're a woman of your word. You're a woman of God. He who started a good work is gonna be faithful to complete it. You will not compromise. You're the head and not the tail, the scriptures say. You are more than a conqueror. You will conquer the salad in a blender. God is for you. Who can be against you? You guys can clap for that. I just started decreeing and declaring the word of God because there are some lies. But we stood on the truth. We stood on the power of God's words. You know, I want, in a comical way, I want to show you a video of this guy who, who kind of takes scriptures and he applies them to ordinary challenges and circumstances in his life. And I, I kind of want to practically show you how you can do this to overcome some lies in your life just like Jesus did in the desert. Phil, my beloved, man of God, <laughs> would you play that video? <laughs> can we start over with the volume up? More than conquerors today. We can do it. God of the second chances. somebody. <laughs> so I, I just want to let you know that Pastor Amitha, who challenged us to go to the next level, she was faithful to complete that. Can we give her a round of applause? <laughs> Salad in a blender. And so practically, we can stand on the word of God. This is a little funny, but honestly, there are sometimes lies we're dealing with or temptations we're dealing with. And so I think it's awesome for us to find scriptures that kind of apply to our situation. And when we're going through that hardship, we just, we take advantage of the truth and the foundation. And we speak it over our lives. For example, if we're like feeling like I'm just not worth anything, we'll pray Ephesians 2.10 that says, for we are God's masterpiece. 
He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. If we, we just think, oh, man, I'm a loser, we can pray things like, no, Christ says that we can be more than conquerors. Like, this is our reality. This is our truth. We don't have to buy into the lie. And sometimes when I'm, I'm struggling with an attack in my mind, I'll say, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'll just say, like, hey, that's a lie, and this is why. And then I'll quote a scripture. You know, that's, I'm ugly. That's a lie, and this is why. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, the scripture says. It's just so practical to stand on a truth, stand on the truth. You know, Billy Graham says this, the word of God hidden in the heart is a stubborn voice to suppress. And you'll find that as you elevate the word of God in your life, you'll find that that is a voice that becomes stronger than the strongholds in your life. That as we start to replace lies with truth, the truth will win. The truth will come to light. That God's word is faithful and he will keep his word and he will make it come to total fulfillment in your life. And so we have a hope that we can stand on the truth of God. And so I want to challenge us to start declaring and praying the word of God in our lives. That we would make it a habit to Proclaim and declare those scriptures, you know, and so I want to challenge you guys to start hiding the scriptures of God in your heart You know pastor Amitha again. She has scriptures all over our house written on post-it notes on the mirror on the treadmill like in, in random places and sometimes we'll just be getting ready and we just have a scripture We'll have prayers for this church with scriptures backing it up and we'll just pray those scriptures over our, our son over ourselves, over our whole family, over the church. We'll be praying for you and decreeing these scriptures over you, over Bellevue. And it, it just helps us combat the lies that we deal with. And if you know the scripture, you're able to fight with scripture. Um, our generation, though, I think is a little, little biblically illiterate compared to past generations. It, maybe we didn't grow up in the church. Maybe nobody ever taught us. So I just want to share super practically some tools that maybe will help you dive into the word. Um, I, I want to encourage you with this word called soap. Everyone say soap. And so, so you can put this on. This is something I do with the scripture. It stands for scripture, observation, application, and prayer. If you're new to the faith or you're wanting to go deeper in your faith, this is a very practical tool. Is it the best tool in the world? Maybe not. But it's something that I've used and it's helped me a lot. So a lot of times I'll, I'll take the Bible, I'll open it up and read a scripture, and then I'll, I'll journal an observation. So, wow, Jesus is in the desert. Wow, he was tempted just like me. So temptation maybe isn't a sin. And then I'll see how it applies to my life. I'll write down an application. While I'm really challenged by this, Jesus, he, he, when he was tempted, he combated those temptations with Scripture. Maybe I... I don't have to struggle in my temptations anymore, but I can combat them with scriptures just like Jesus did. And then I'll actually pray that scripture. Oh, dear Father, will you help me? I'm struggling with this sin. I'm struggling with this temptation. Will you help me to be like Jesus and hide the word in my heart so that I can combat it when I'm dealing with these temptations in my life? So this is a pattern that I will do. So scripture, observation, application, and prayer. So just really practical. And for many of us, we're we're intimidated by reading the Bible. And so we're like, where do we start? Uh, I just want to encourage you that anyone can read the Bible. And 
oftentimes many people ask, like, what, where do I start? Well, I, I, I asked this on my Facebook, and a lot of people encouraged us to start in the book of John, which is in the Gospels, in the second half of the Bible, or start in uh, Mark, which is kind of a condensed version of the story of Jesus. And my encouragement for you is to just simply start and believe that God will speak to you. I, I started in John when I was first a Christian, and it was really helpful just learning about who Jesus is. Why is he so beautiful? What were his lessons? What did he do on earth? So I'd encourage you to start in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. A lot of times people ask, like, what, uh, what kind of Bible do I read? Like, what version? Like, I don't understand the language. Well, I'll just tell you what I do when I preach. Often when I preach, I use what's called NLT, which stands for the New Living Translation, or I'll use the ESV, the English Standard Version. But there are other, like, paraphrases, like the Message Bible or another paraphrase called the Passion Translation or uh, in Bible school, we use NRSV, which stands for New Revised Standard Version. So there, I, I just want to say this. What is the best Bible version for you to read? The one that will actually allow you to read. <laughs> the one you actually will read. And uh, also, there's some apps that are super practical. Like, you can write this down, but uh, there's an app that I use called Version. And uh, there's this church called Life Church, and they created it. And I like this because it keeps streaks of how many days in a row you've read. And so I, I, how many of you guys like to, you hate breaking streaks. You like to kind of self-challenge yourself. So that, that's really helped me. I'm like, wow, I've, I've done this 10 days in a row. I've done this less than 16 days in a row. And it keeps me in a habit of just reading sometimes 15 minutes a day in there before I get into some more in-length study. But that, that's a practical app. And there's um, Bible Gateway, which is a website. And you can also get um, audio Bibles on the app you version. There's also another app called Read Scripture that helps you read the scripture as a holistic picture picture because the Bible isn't just one book. It's like a collection of 66 books. It's more like a library of how God has spoken to and through people throughout that history. And so I'd encourage you to hide the scriptures in your heart and not just listen to sermons here, but to dig into the word of God yourself. Amen. And so as you hide the word of God in your heart, when you're tempted, you can start to declare those scriptures over your life. And you can say, devil, that is a lie. No, my marriage does not have to fail because God who started a good work in me, he will be faithful to finish it and complete it. You know, the devil in John 10 says, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come that I might have life and life abundantly. And band, you guys can come up. And so when you're dealing with those temptations and lies, you can declare the word of scripture. And I, I just want to practically and kind of just vulnerably share a story with you that when I, when I was a young child, uh, there began some lies in my mind that I started to believe over myself. And that's why this sermon is really, um, it's very personal to me because I, I was stuck in a lie for many years in my life. My life. You know, my, my parents divorced when I was first becoming a teenager and it, it just really, really hit me hard. I was about 12, 13 years old and they, they divorce around Christmas time, and to this day, Christmas time is, is pretty difficult for me because it never just felt like family. It was like a time where our family fell, to part, fell apart. And so during this time, my, my dad was living in an apartment. I was living at home with my mom. 
My, my family decided to have me live with my mom because they were afraid she'd commit suicide if I wasn't living with her. She was in and out of mental hospitals. This was right before she started living out of her car. It was, it was just a really dark time in my life as a young man. And uh, my mom would beg me night after night in tears. She would grab me and she'd say, Theban, that's what she calls me, Theban, would you convince your dad uh, to accept us as a family again? Would you convince your dad um, to be one as a family again? Would you convince him to be married to me that we could be together? And as a young, you know, 13-year-old, that was, a, that was a big burden to bear. That was a lot of pressure. And so I'd go to my dad's apartment, and I would just, I would slap him and hug him and cry, and I would get down, and I'd say, Dad, could we be a family again? Would you, would you be at our house? You don't have to live in this apartment. Would you come back? Can, can you be married to mom again? Would you, like, you don't have to leave. Let's, let's be like we used to be, Dad, and I would just cry and get angry and try to punch him, try to hurt him, anything to convince him to, to come back to our house and so I could fulfill this request of my mom. And it was just so hard and so hard, and I, I never succeeded. I never could do it, and I, I just started to believe this lie, like, Pradeepin, you, you broke your family apart. It's your fault that your family is separated. It's your fault that this household is broken. You are, you are a waste of space. It felt like there was these attacks. During this desert time in my life, there was these attacks and these words that just were so painful as a young man. And uh, over and over again, I just, I just believed, like, man, you should just end your life. And I, I myself became suicidal. And I, I just felt like you're a waste of space. You're worthless. There's no hope for you. You can't even get your dad to live with you. Who's going to ever love you? Lies, lies, lies. And it wasn't until later on, a, a pastor, he walked me through scriptures. And he, he said, hey, I just think, I think you're believing some lies about yourself. Can I just challenge you to believe what the scriptures say about you? That you wouldn't let these strongholds get stronger? You wouldn't reinforce them? Would you start declaring and standing on the scriptures that God loves you? In fact, God has every hair on your head counted and he loves you and he made you on purpose for a purpose and he has a plan for you and he can heal you and he can restore you and you're not worthless and that wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault and I just, I just started to believe that maybe God did love me and maybe there was a plan for my life. And this morning, man, if this sermon is personal for you and where you are right now, can I just challenge you? Can you stop believing the lie? Can you stop standing in that stronghold? Can you stop lowering your future into these sewers and these ditches and in these dark places? And can you stop believing a lie and believe what God says about you? Would you fight the fake news with the good news that God loves you? that God made you on purpose. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. There is hope for your marriage. There is hope for your finances. There is hope for your health. There is hope for your life. You don't have to give up. You don't have to give in. You can stand on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and you don't have to be stuck by the fortress of these lies that are in your mind because we have divine power. Everyone say divine power. power. 
We have divine power to tear down strongholds. And so we as Kalos Church, we will say, today will be our new beginning. We will stand on the hope and the foundation of God's word. Let's bow our heads. Oh, Jesus, I pray for all of us in this place. I pray for those of us who are struggling with lies and this darkness and this death. Oh God, I pray that you would replace the lies with the truth, the fake news with the good news, that when there's a lie, we would say, that is a lie and this is why. God's word says this about me, that we would hide the word of God in our hearts, that our appetites would change, and that as we learn what God says about us, we would combat these lies. Jesus, we just dedicate our hearts to you. You know, if you're in this place and, and you're saying, man, I think I'm, I'm just dealing with lies and I, I need truth. I need God's truth. Would you just nod your head? Man, everywhere. I believe that this can be your new beginning. You know, I, there are people here where you're just walking in total darkness and you've never given your life to God. You've never received a fresh start or forgiveness. You're living without hope. And this morning, for those of us who are living without God and want to, we want a new start. We want to have forgiveness. We want to have a relationship with God. We want life and life abundantly. We're sick of following our own leadership, but we're saying, Jesus, what I'm doing for myself isn't working. Jesus, I, I surrender my whole life to you. There are many of us like that in this place. And I want to pray for you to start fresh, to start with hope. But if that's you in this place and you're saying, Pastor Pradeepan, would you pray for me? I want that fresh start. On the count of three, would you boldly lift your hands up so I can pray for you? One, two, three. Just lift your hands up. If you're saying, Pastor Pradeepan, pray for me. I want that fresh start. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, guys, let's pray this prayer together. And I just want to give you some words to maybe articulate what you're feeling, but let's all pray this together at the same time. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, Amen. You know, if you pray that prayer, this is your fresh start. That's not a magic spell, but it's the beginning of a journey, a journey that we want to walk with you through. Can we all give them a round of applause and God a round of applause for fresh starts? A couple of hands go up. That's awesome. You know, before we leave, I just want to let you know that's a big decision. Don't walk through it alone. And uh, there's some connect cards on your chairs. Make sure you fill that out and pass it in the buckets as we pass. And uh, man, God's doing something amazing here. So let's fight with our divine tools, amen, in this time of prayer and fasting. Love you guys. God is doing a great work in you, and he will fulfill it.